I'm Jesse Aredia, and you're listening to Mom Empowered, where I help moms ditch their anger, break free from anxiety, and create the life they've always wanted. This show is for the mom who's ready to become more free and empowered. Hey ladies, today you're going to be hearing part one and part two of a recent live workshop I hosted in the Mom Empowered Facebook community on the topic of time and time management. I hope you guys enjoy, and if you're not already, I wanna invite you to join the Mom Empowered Facebook group because I will definitely be doing more of these workshops in the future and you do not want to miss them. Okay, without further ado, here is part one followed by part two of this time management workshop. Um, Today, we are doing part one, so I'm going to be covering about half or just a portion of the questions that were submitted, and then the other half will be covered tomorrow. Um, So please, you know, be sure to tune into both if you are able to and you want to get that full experience. Um, But yeah, I'm excited. I see that more of you guys are listening. Please feel free to tell me who's here in the comments. I want to be sure to say hi. Um, And again, please feel free to interact with me. I will be reading through the comments as we go through. Um, But I'm excited about this, like for sure, because I do believe that these next two workshops are going to be an opportunity for some of you ladies to experience breakthrough in this area. What I'm going to be introducing to you, possibly for the very first time in your life, which is exciting, is how managing your time actually has a lot less to do with your time and way more to do with what's going on in your mind. And I'm going to show you exactly how this is true with the coaching that I'm offering in response to the questions that you guys submitted. But I'm also going to be running you through a few examples that will likely resonate with you um, because it's exactly what's playing out in your life right now, possibly. But before I do, I want to just, I want to have you guys all pause for a moment. And you can even, you know, tell me like what you come up with in the comments. But I want you to think about all of the different methods of time management you have either tried in the past or are currently trying or are currently doing. And I want you to assess how these things have helped you, how they've worked for you, and also the ways that they maybe have not helped you or worked for you. And what I mean by methods of time management are like those typical tangible, practical things that we as people like to use to help us manage our time, whether that is a calendar or a planner or a to-do list, maybe an app on your phone, or maybe you use alarms and reminders. Um, Some of you guys use time blocking, maybe you use sticky notes, you know, there's all different kinds of tools and methods and techniques, but I want you to think through like, what have you been using either in the past or currently, and how are those working for you? And maybe for you, like maybe your method is just that you don't do any of the above and you just rely on your memory. And if so, then make note of that too. How is that working for you? I want you to think about all of these things. And the reason why I want you to assess these things is because I want you to start to notice where some of your blind spots may be. Even though you may have what you would consider to be the correct tools or a good method, I just want you to see like, are these things still working for you? And if not, could these could there possibly be some blind spots that you are not seeing? And that's why I wanna I wanna help you see today. There is this big misconception that how well you manage your time will always come down to the methods you're using. 
to manage your time, whether that again is a calendar, a planner, a to-do list, or whatever, is a big misconception that this will be responsible for how well you manage your time because it's not. Even people with the fanciest calendars and the best planners, they still struggle to complete tasks and use their time well. We know this probably, and we definitely know this if you yourself have experienced it, right? I know that I've definitely been there. And even people who set a dozen alarms on their phone or leave reminders all over their house, they too will still find reasons to procrastinate, not use their time effectively, or just, you know, just not do things that they think they're going to do at all, the things that they intended on doing. And this is because tangible tools and practical methods, although they can be useful, they still do not make up for a lack of belief or an unhelpful thought or a perspective that is not serving you. And this is what's going on for you. If managing your time well and in a way that you're satisfied with continues to be a struggle for you, this is what's happening for you. There's something going on in your mind that's not being managed. You either lack some belief that would enable you to use your time exactly in the way you want to, or you currently have a thought or a mindset around time or story you're telling yourself about your time that is affecting how you spend your time. It's keeping you from managing your time well. And like I said, I'm going to be walking you through some examples to help you see this connection between what's going on in your thought life and what's going on in your real life with how you're spending your time, managing your time, how you're maybe even losing time. But before I do, there's one more thing I want to highlight, and it is has to do with the actual makeup of our brain and how the different parts of it work and are, are responsible for the way we live our lives and how we experience time. Um, if you are a mom, and raise your hand if this is you, because you are, you are welcome here. I've been here, so I promise you, you're not alone. If you are a mom who feels, you feel like you are in survival mode, you know, whatever that means for you. If you feel like you are in survival mode most days or even just some days, these are likely the days where you will feel the most stressed about time and your time management and you will manage your time the least efficiently and effectively. This is because a mom who is in survival mode, and what I mean by survival mode is just this perpetual state of in fight or flight, you're reacting instead of being proactive, you're experiencing maybe these highs and lows of emotions, and maybe you just have this overall sense of not being in control, or maybe not even like being feeling safe, you know, like maybe like your baby crying, or your child throwing a fit, or your husband doing something like it's, it brings out this feeling of lack of safety or insufficiency or powerlessness. And if that's where you are, if you were in that kind of place, that survival mode, what's happening is that this is your primal brain that is that you are operating out of, your primal brain, the part of your brain that is responsible for survival and where your fight or flight mode is triggered. That part of your brain is what has taken over and that is the one through which you are living your life. And, and what happens when you're in this is that it limits your ability to use the other parts of your brain, more specifically the frontal cortex, which is where the more advanced part of your brain and all the best planning and the best decision making and your problem solving skills and where your creativity reside. So all of that being said, 
how you manage your mind is so closely connected to how you manage your time because if you are not managing your mind and your thoughts and your emotions are running rampant and you are now operating in your primal brain because you don't feel safe, you don't feel taken care of, um, stress is just rising and it's not being well managed, if you are in that, it will very likely limit your ability to operate out of the more advanced part of your brain in which you would be able to plan out and manage your time the most efficiently and productively. So we could talk about this all week long. I really truly could, but I just wanted to bring that up because it's so important to see in relation to this conversation on time management. It's part of the problem that you may be experiencing. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, I want us to move on. I want us to look together at some common time management problems that you may be having. We're going to first look at how you're behaving and we're going to look at what you're likely feeling. Then we're going to, to talk about the thought or the belief or the story you're telling yourself that is the reason for why you're feeling this way. We're going to, so to speak, we're going to like find the origin. Like where is this all coming from? What is really happening here? So that you guys can see that connection so much more closely. So the first example actually comes from Megan. Megan submitted a question and really it was just her saying that she gets stuck in neutral. She put, I get stuck in neutral she put that in quotation marks stuck in neutral and then she put slash the don't wants which I took to mean like the things that she doesn't want to do she gets stuck in that place so often I took this to mean that she has a task in mind or some tasks in mind that have been on her to-do list for a reason and yet she is continuing to put them off and not do them possibly because it's not a task she really wants to do it I know you ladies I know so many of you can definitely relate to this and here is the deeper problem that comes from this that I want you to see the longer you are stuck in neutral the more things pile up I know that you know this I know you've experienced this and this is why some of you ladies really do feel like you just have this one long never-ending to-do list it's because of how often you are pushing things off again and again and again. And what I want to show you is that it's not just this behavior that's getting you to this point. It's what is going on in your mind. It's what you're telling yourself that needs to be managed. This is not a time management problem. This is a mind management problem. So I want to plug this in for you and I'll show you exactly what I mean. And we're going to look at this connection. Okay, I hope that you guys can see this well. Um, nope, if I put it here. Perfect. Okay, here we go. You know what? I think if I do this, that is much better. All right, ladies, bear with me here. Usually, I, I would love to buy a stand for my whiteboard, but this is the best I got right now. Okay, so on this whiteboard, you'll see that there is a thought, feeling, action. This is where Megan's at. Stuck in neutral. And I'm also going to put tasks piling up because that is what she is doing. She's allowing tasks to pile up. Do you guys all see this? Stuck in neutral, tasks piling up. Okay. So I want you to think about what is Megan or what are you, if this is something you're doing too, what are you likely feeling? I want you to think about this. What are you feeling in these split second moments when you make the decision to not cross an item off your to-do list and you decide, well, I'm just going to let it sit there. I'm just going to let it pile up. I'm just going to let future my future self deal with it. I want you to think about what are you feeling 
in these moments when you are taking these actions. The ones that I came up with, which are probably, you know, very closely to what you'll be coming up with is um, unmotivated, okay, unmotivated, just a lack of motivation. I'm also going to say tired, or maybe you would put like exhausted, and also dread. Because there's usually like this underlying feeling of dread that is motivating this action of being stuck in neutral and allowing tasks to pile up, letting the to-do list pile up. Okay, so, I, so you guys see this. Now I want you to really think about what might be the story you're telling yourself or what is the thought that you're believing that is the reason for why you are feeling these emotions. What are you thinking that is causing you to feel unmotivated, tired, and even dread toward these things, toward that is leading into these actions? And the one thought that Megan actually pinpointed without her maybe even realizing it was the thought, I don't want to. That's the thought here. I don't want to. You guys are seeing my glorious handwriting when I'm writing on the whiteboard. I don't want to. Okay, do you guys see this connection? I don't want to. Leads to her feeling unmotivated, tired, dread, and as a result, she is allowing tasks to pile up and she is stuck in neutral, so to speak. Like that, those, that's, that's the words that she's using. So I want you to sit with this thought. I don't want to. When this is the primary narrative that we have on repeat in our head, the only feeling that this thought can possibly evoke is the opposite of motivation and desire. You will not think to yourself, I don't want to do this, and then do the task anyway, unless you have a stronger thought or a stronger belief or a deeper conviction than what this thought means to you. So just the thought, I don't want to, that could be one of the most debilitating thoughts that you are giving power to. And it's because it's a never ending cycle because when you tell yourself you don't want to, and then you feel that lack of motivation and that exhaustion and that dread that comes of it, and then you make that conscious choice of not doing the thing that is right in front of you, even though you might actually have the time for it, what ends up happening is you continue to not want to do the thing you continue to create more exhaustion and dread toward it because of how many items like this are piling up and you create more stress for yourself. And, and honestly, this stress is likely way greater than the stress that probably would come from you just doing the thing. And now you have become responsible for your own mental energy drain. Do you see this, ladies? I want to know that you guys see this. This is a never-ending cycle. And I want you to picture yourself doing this. If this is something that you are doing, and this is where you are, Megan, pay attention. This is for you. I want you to picture yourself doing this for the next 15 years. Like really imagine that. Imagine every single week for the next 15 years, you create a to-do list. You look at that to-do list. You tell yourself, I don't want to do these things. Then you feel that dread and you don't feel motivated. And then you don't do the things. They pile up. You end the week exhausted and even more stressed. And then it goes on and on and on and on. Do you want to live like this for the next 15 years? If not, you need to break the cycle. And how you do this isn't just to change the action, which you can, 
but it will not be long it will not be effective long term it will not last what you need to do to break the cycle is not to change the action but to change the thought to change the thought that would change the feelings that would change the actions so let's look at this again again bear with me and erase what i got right now okay let's talk about the actions that in order that would be the opposite of you being stuck in neutral and letting tasks pile up for you what i would say that action is is fitting task in meaning whatever your to do you know fitting it into your calendar fitting it into your to-do list fitting fitting the task in and i'm also going to put make it non-negotiable because isn't that something that we struggle with so much? We make these like mini negotiations with ourselves that we don't do it. Fitting the task in, make it non-negotiable. This, this looks like intentionally and thoughtfully fitting the task into your day, week, or month. It needs to be put on the calendar and in a time slot. In the same way you would make a lunch appointment with a friend or an appointment with your dentist. Because these things you likely don't have a problem with doing because there's a time designated for it because you already did the planning around it. And so a lot of the mind drama that you experience toward other things, that gets eliminated toward these things because you've planned for it, because you've intentionally decided on it. Your to-do list, your tasks, your ideas of what you want to do, you need to practice and get in the habit of planning for these commitments, making them a commitment, and then honoring those commitments just as much as you would with your friend or your doctor. Make them non-negotiables. And the way that you do that with ease and you become skilled at doing that is by learning how to continually spark your own motivation, your own energy, and your commitment and desire for the tasks at hand. So that's what I'm gonna put here in the feeling line. We're going to put motivation, energy, desire, commitment. Okay, these are the feelings that you will need to be experiencing in order to take these actions of fitting the tasks in, making it non-negotiable. Okay, and I want you to think about what is the new thought here? What is the new story you're going to need to tell yourself here? Because I don't want to. It's not going to cut it. It's not. That's not what's going to spark energy and desire and motivation. It's not. It does the opposite. So what we have here are a new thought that we need to choose and cultivate. Gosh, I really do wish I had a better stand for this whiteboard. A few examples of thoughts here that would really serve you so well could be, I want this because blank. I want this because blank, okay? Other, other things you could put are, I am capable of doing this because blank. I save time for myself by doing this because blank. You know, like get really specific. Figure out why is this beneficial to me? How does this actually save me time? How is this benefiting me? And why am I capable of doing this thing? Why do I want this? Or in other words, you could put, I will love my life more when I do this because blank. How would this enable you to love your life? Get really specific and challenge yourself. Whatever, whatever these thoughts are that you come up with, challenge yourself to remind yourself of these things as often as you need to. You need to practice believing them. 
Put these thoughts down right next to that item in your to-do list or in your calendar. Because then you, you cannot consciously think I don't want to without also seeing the, the inverse, the opposite available to you, the, uh, the new thought that's still just as available to you. Do not allow yourself to skip over this part of choosing these deliberate thoughts. Because again, like I mentioned earlier, your brain is currently programmed to keep offering up the thoughts that you, you naturally have. I don't want to. I don't have the time. I don't, whatever it is, your brain is currently programmed to keep offering those up of why you don't want to do these things. And you have to remind your brain of why you do. Okay? I, so let's, let's run another. Let's move on to another. And this time we're going to start with a thought. And this is another thought that Megan pinpointed in her question or in her comment. She put the thought, I don't have time for. I know Christy also in the comments mentioned that she hasn't grown her business or she hasn't, um, um, you know, done met other goals because of time management issues, which I'm going to argue is true, but, you know, also because of mind management issues. But I want you to see how, like, both of these things come back to this thought of I don't have time. That's what we're going to put in here. Okay. I don't have time. Just let yourself sit with that thought. What do you feel when you are saying to yourself, I don't have time? Or a more sophisticated version that I know many of you ladies are telling yourselves is my kids or these other things need my time or they're determining where I spend and give my time so I don't have the time. Like that might be a more drawn out version of what you're telling yourself, which is not true. You are always the one determining where your time goes, always. But I just want you to sit with this thought, I don't have time. What are you likely feeling? When you are telling yourself this, how about scarcity or lack? Okay, that's a feeling. Scarcity. What about disbelief? Disbelief around you having the time. Disbelief around you being able to get the time. Or just distracted. I don't have time means that you are giving your attention to other things or other little ones that maybe require your time or you know you have to make the time for. So maybe you feel scarcity, you feel lack around time, you feel disbelief that you have the time, and you feel distracted by other things or you know maybe by your kids that require your time. And as a result, what actions do you think you likely take? This will be not giving time to your goals, not giving time to your goals and giving your time to other things instead or to other people instead. Do you see this? I want you to see this connection. I don't have time. You feel lack, you feel disbelief, you feel distracted. You don't give time to your goals. You give your time to other things. Okay, I want you to think, I want you to really think about this. Ask yourself, do you feel scarcity around time right now? Do you feel a lack of time right now? Guess what? It's not a time issue. It's not. That's a mind issue. That is a mind issue. Even if somebody plopped down two extra hours into your day, many of you would likely still feel scarcity. You would still feel that lack. You would still be in disbelief that you have the time you need because scarcity is not something that is instantly solved by gaining more time. Scarcity is a trust and a sufficiency issue. 
that's going on in your mind. And the way we solve for this, again, is by choosing a new thought, building a new belief, disrupting this current narrative, as simple and harmless as it seems, because this thought right here, I don't have time, that is what's calling the shots right now. So we need to figure out what will serve you so much better. And the way we can do this is to start with where we want to be. Let me erase this. What you want to be doing is you want to give time to your goals, giving time to goals, whether that is, you know, your goals around your business or your goals around just things that are on your to-do list. And along with giving time to your goals, I would also say like this would also look like possibly getting creative, right? Problem solving. Um, I'll even say like setting boundaries, that's going to help you give time to your goals, set boundaries, um, blocking out time, you know, doing like time blocks, removing distractions, or at least handling distractions. These are the actions that we're aiming for, giving time to your goals and all the things that come with that all things that are required for that, like boundaries, removing distractions, so on. And we've got to pinpoint what do you need to feel? Where do you need to be at emotionally in order for you to do these things, to take these actions? I would say commitment, right? Just a commitment to doing them. Dedication. Creativity. You know, because oftentimes, like, especially if you have little kids, you do have to be creative in how you get things done, you know, because there are disruptions that happen. Um, I would say belief, belief that you do have the time, belief that you are capable of doing all of these things, and focus. Focus, even when the distractions do come. Okay, do you see this? Commitment, creativity, belief, and focus. And what's going to create those feelings for you? How are you going to, what's going to spark that commitment and that belief and that focus. It's not gonna be the thought, I don't have the time. No way, it's not, it's not working for you. The thought that you're most likely gonna need here is, I do have the time. As simple as that sounds, that's a powerful thought that a lot of moms struggle to believe. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna add on here, I do have the time, I just might need to think outside the box here. just need to think outside the box. I hope you guys can read my handwriting all right. Okay, I do have the time. I just need to think outside the box here. Or another thought, my kids don't decide where all my time goes, I do. My job doesn't decide where all my time goes, I do. You know, that, that might be another thought that really serves you well. For me, giving time to my goals looks like setting my kids up for success, being willing to multitask. I like to use AirPods a lot because it helps me um, learn things that I need to learn. I can listen to other podcasts. I can do work on my phone while we're out at the park. I love multitasking. I really, truly do. And I'm going to talk about what it looks like to be more productive in those moments and then like these five little minute increments that we get. I'm going to be talking about that tomorrow, tomorrow's workshop. So definitely be sure to tune in. Um, I also make a habit of eliminating the non-essentials, okay? I only do what is absolutely essential for my business. 
other things, I usually just kind of have to let them go until I know for sure I have spare time. Um, I enlist help. I plan out time blocks. If you are struggling to find some creative solutions to, to the, uh, the lack of time that you think you have, I would, say, I would say this is not a creativity problem. It's not that you're not a creative person. And it's not that you don't have the time. It's not a time problem. This is a mind problem. This is a belief problem. You either still don't believe that you have the time or you don't believe you have a say over how you use that time or you don't believe that this is going to work and be worth it. In some way, you're thinking one of these things. You don't believe that your kids or that you yourself will be okay if you were to redirect time to your goals and to these things or whatever other thing you're secretly doubting or questioning or wondering. And I really want to challenge you to get clear on what these are. What are you telling yourself? Because if you are not clear on them, you will continue thinking these same things, falling into these same patterns, continuing to sabotage yourself. Okay. All right. So let's move to the next question. This is from Kelsey. Kelsey's one of my clients. I love working with her. Um, she says in her comments, I struggle with consistency. The want is there. The no why is there. So she knows why she wants to do it, but it's the execution that needs help. So what I'm going to say here, Kelsey, is that the want may be there, but the reasons you don't want to are much louder and stronger for you right now. That's just what's happening. They're just, they're just amplified more than the, the reasons why you do want to. The reasons why you don't want to are a lot louder. So if I were you, again, I would get very clear on what both of those things are. What are the reasons you do want to? You know, you say you already know those. So write them out again. What are the reasons you do want to? And what are the reasons you don't want to? Could it be that you're thinking it's going to take up a lot of time? Could that be what's going on? Could it be that you're thinking you're too tired? You're too tired to do these things. Could it be that you're feeling alone in it? You don't want to do it alone. Or maybe you're questioning whether it'll work or whether it'll be worth it or whether you're capable. Get curious with yourself. And then what needs to change around your thoughts and what needs to change in your mind will become so much more obvious. And then once you deal with that, the execution will become a lot easier. You will see yourself successfully being consistent in areas where you haven't before because now all of that background noise that you didn't realize you had going on, like, of, well, I don't know if it'll work. I don't know if it'll be worth it. I'm too tired. Like, all of that won't be as distracting or demotivating because you'll see it. You can find reasons to counter it. And then you can refocus on why you do want to. Okay, consistency is a form of discipline that has to be built like a muscle. So I want you to imagine that every time a sneaky, sabotaging thought comes in, and, and every time you combat those with the reasons for why you do want to, and why it won't be too hard, or why it won't be too exhausting, or why it is so worth it, what is happening is you are getting better and better at building up the discipline of talking yourself into doing the work until that muscle is stronger and more developed more developed and then doing it will, will be a breeze because you'll not only have the strength and endurance where you'll you'll built up that strength and endurance but you'll also have the muscle memory of you actually having pushed through the mind drama and doing it right so it's something that has to be developed over time and it just comes to practice that's that's all i can say it's just practice just keep practicing all right ladies so this is part one the time management q a i'm guessing that as you're watching you yourself have started to wonder like what am i telling myself what are the thoughts that I have about time? 
or how I'm spending my time or what I'm capable of doing with time or whether I have enough time or, 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 or I don't want to spend my time this way. Like, what are you telling yourself? I would love for you to share those in the comments. Um, I would definitely be interacting in the comments later today um, as you guys are watching the replays and figuring out what this workshop means for you. Um, but I would even say run, run some of your thoughts through the sequence I just showed you. Remember, we start with the thought. That thought always creates some sort of feeling, multiple feelings. And then from there, that's the reason for why you're taking certain actions. So figure out, like, what am I thinking? What is that leading to? How does that result in what I'm feeling, what I'm doing? Or you could, as, as I did and I showed you, you guys can work backwards. What are you doing that you're like, I do not want to do this anymore? Are you procrastinating? Are you wasting time? Are you making excuses? Are you, or you know, like, like start with the action and then work your way up. If you're doing these things, what are you feeling? That is the reason for why you're doing them. And what is the thought here? What is the story that's really going on in your mind? Because again, time management problems always come back to mind management problems. And my goal for you is to become more skilled at managing your mind so that you can become more skilled at managing your time. It really has to go together. It goes hand in hand. And I want you guys to see that connection so clearly. Okay, so... We're going to meet again tomorrow, same time, in the same place, and I will be answering the rest of the questions. I will be coaching you guys some more on the, the, the comments that you guys submitted, and if you have any more, please feel free to leave them in the comments. All right, see you guys tomorrow. Here we go. Part two of the time and time management workshop. I hope you guys, if you haven't already, I hope you guys had a chance to watch the replay of part one that was posted yesterday um, because I am going to be referring to it again today. In part one, I walked you guys through a sequence where all the actions or all the feelings or all the thoughts that you're having pertaining to time or time management or your struggles with time management, I actually plugged all of those things into a sequence to show you the overall connection between how you're managing your time with how you're also managing your mind. If you Again, if you haven't already, I highly recommend that you watch that. Um, I'm not gonna be talking about it as much in this video, this today's video today's workshop is all around just answering the rest of your questions getting kind of into the practical nitty-gritty of time management and just offering up some ideas and responses to what you guys submitted um i'm going to be giving some tough love coaching to some of you ladies and i'm excited about that this is this is a great taste of empowerment coaching if you've ever wondered like what is it like to work with Jesse? What is it like to work with a coach? This is going to be kind of a, a little snippet of that. Um, you'll notice that sometimes I say the hard things that need to be said. Sometimes I ask tough questions. Sometimes I challenge you to really think outside the box or to be honest with yourself in ways that you maybe are not letting yourself be. Um, but overall, the goal is always to empower you, to help you be the healthiest, most, most powerful, free version of yourself that you can be. And not just as, as a mom, but just in all areas of your life. And especially in time management, as you know, as what we're talking about today. So with all of that being said, 
I'm really excited about today. Um, we're gonna go ahead and dive in. If you are tuning in um, live, please let me know. If you are watching the replay, I would also love for you to let me know. Go ahead and um, let me know that you're here in the comments. And I've just, again, I want this to be interactive. Yesterday, after you guys, um, after I finished up yesterday's workshop, I went back through and responded to some comments and it was really fun to see you guys are watching the replay and, and you're, you know, you're, you're taking notes even in the midst of everyday motherhood, you're still taking the time to learn about managing your time and I just love it so okay let's go ahead and dive in um, I want to respond to a comment that was submitted or I guess a question by Joanne she asked how to incorporate planning time so that she could be more proactive rather than reactive each day of the week hey I just saw Christy show up in the comments live and alive Woohoo! I love it okay so I hopefully this will be useful to many of you ladies because I know that knowing how to plan out your week that can be a struggle for us especially if maybe you don't know what you, what kind of rhythm you would enjoy maybe you're kind of still in the middle figuring that out maybe you have a new little one and that's kind of thrown things out of out of balance and you're kind of starting over and figuring out what works best for you guys but I'm just going to walk you through how how I plan my week but before I do I do want to mention that planning your week out will look different for you than for somebody else it really will because we're all wired differently where we're all we all have different um, interests we all uh, work well with different structure different rhythms different routines i am going to share what works for me but i also want to challenge you to figure out what works best for you you know you you're you can feel free to use what i'm sharing and adapt and experiment with it as you'd like um, it, it, but if you want to be more proactive instead of reactive, it is up to you to be willing to find what system works best for your life and for your family. And as we already talked about in yesterday's workshop, you're first going to have to believe that you even are able to find a system that works best for you and for your family. You have to believe that even if you try something and it doesn't work for you for that week or for that month, that you can either keep trying or you can find something that will work. Because I promise you, there is a structure, system, a, a, a routine, a rhythm, whatever you wanna call it, that works best for everyone, but it is up to you to fight to figure out what that is. You might need to experiment for some time. You might need to be willing to try new things. And I'm, you know, I'm, and I'm sure that you've tried to incorporate planning times in the past. So maybe even just start by asking yourself why did I stop you know like well, what, what what happened there well why why is why are we not doing this anymore and I, I can tell you that the answer is not because of my kids that's not the answer the answer is always going to be either what stories you began to tell yourself or what what beliefs you started to have about your life and just what's going on in your mind beneath the surface but all of that being said, I'm gonna share how I plan out my week. Again, please feel free to use this, adapt this, experiment with it however you'd like. You could take it with a grain of salt. You can just skip on right past this if you already have a great system and you don't really care. That's fine. I just wanna show you just an idea that I know works well for me and just helps me go through the week so smoothly um, without with minimal uh, bumps in the road, so to speak. So the way that I plan out my week always starts with Sunday. 
Sunday is the day before my husband goes back to work, so it make, and, and Monday is the beginning of the work week for me, so Sunday always feels like a great time to sit down and to map out my week. Sunday might not be the best day for you to map out your week, and that's fine. For whatever reason, you could pick a, you could pick a different day. But what this looks like is I always pull up on my computer my notes app that is synced to my iPhone. That's the beauty of Apple products. You can sync your notes from your, from your Apple computer you know whether you have a Mac or whatever to your iPhone and I think you can do the same with Androids honestly too um, it just kind of depends or there are all kinds of apps that you can use I know that you know you could use Google Drive you can, you can use all different types of things that sync between your computer and your phone I love it because that means that even if I don't have my phone with me but I'm on my computer I still know what I'm working on or even if I don't have my computer and we're out and about I still have something to refer back to so it's important to me that these are synced and that no matter whether I'm you know I'm up in my office or I'm downstairs or I'm out with the family you know and I just have my phone I still always know generally what we're doing because I can always look back to my list I can always look back to my calendar like I said, at the beginning of every week on a Sunday, I pull up my computer, I pull up the notes app, and I have my phone right next to me, and on my phone, I pull up my Google Calendar. My Google Calendar, I, I love the Google Calendar app because you can, you can organize it to look like this, where you, instead of seeing a calendar view, like this, which I look at this and that means nothing to me. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah, there's just a bunch of dates and it feels really annoying to have to click on each one. So I actually prefer to use Google Calendar's list mode because it literally, it, it divides it up by the day. Here's like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you can color code events. So dark blue are my coaching calls, light blue are, you know, like workshops, empowerment calls, orange is just like girls nights, um, doctor's appointments, other things. And you can go as specific or as wild as you want to go. But this is this is what I use because, again, it's a it's just it's listed and I can see it like, OK, Tuesday, I've got these three things. Wednesday, I've got these three things. So I always pull up my Google Calendar app and then on my notes app. And I'll show you my notes, and it looks the same on the computer as it does on my phone. On my notes app, I just use the notes, and you guys are going to be all up in my business right now, but you can see how I put Thursday, there's morning, afternoon, Friday, morning, afternoon, and I do that for the whole week. Um, I have it up on Thursday because that's what day it is, and I delete my days as I go by. So I can't even look back at what Mondays is. What's done is done. <laughs> like whatever didn't get done got moved on to another day. I don't have it to look back to, and I actually like that. So I'm on Thursday right now, but like I said, on Sunday, I go all the way through till the next Sunday. I only do one week at a time because that's all I need. I've decided that if there are other things that I need to look ahead to, I can either put it in my calendar or I can just make a note at the very bottom of next week or future event and just make a note of it for the next time I'm planning out the next week. That's just for me personally. You might be different. You might want to see a big overall view. That's great. You, you can write out as many days as you need to, but this is what works for me. And then I start to plug in items. Like I said, so there's there's a, there's a, each day and then I have a morning and afternoon. Morning, that's typically my work time. So that's where I put all the work I'm doing. I might put on things like thaw chicken because I forget a lot to thaw meat for dinner. Maybe you do too. This is perfect, perfect to put on your to-do list. So you no longer forget. Um, put on laundry. If I know the laundry's piling up and I'm like, man, I really should get to laundry. Just even if I just walk by the hamper and I notice it, I can quickly pull out my phone, 
figure out what day I want to do that and just put in put on laundry. Um, in the morning, I might put down like uh, check emails or return calls or just whatever, just whatever I want to do that morning. Afternoon is usually where I have like meetings and calls. I might even put outing, you know, go run this errand with the girls or go to the park. I love scheduling everything, not because I want to be obsessive, but because I want to always know that I have options. I cannot count how many times I've reached like three, four o'clock and we're just laying around at home doing nothing. I don't have any calls, the girls are bored and I don't realize like, oh, we could totally swing by my mom's to go pick up that thing I was meaning to pick up or, oh, it's a great day. We could go outside to the park. Like sometimes it just helps ahead of the time to plan out those outings, especially because it, it once you have this week ahead, you have this glance at your whole week, you can start to see how much time am I spending doing each thing? How many times are we getting out of the house? Which is, you know, kind of important if maybe you do work from home and your kids aren't in school. How many times are you leaving the house a week? You know, like those are things to pay attention to. Um, what, what, what nights am I, uh, am I exercising? You know, if you want to exercise, you know, after the kids go down. Um, what, how many times a week are we, um, you know, am I, am I um, working on this? You know, maybe you have a project in mind that you're working on gradually. That would be nice to plug in so that you actually have time. And here's the thing. I divide it up by morning and afternoon because what I don't like to happen, and I've done this in the past and I realized very quickly this was not helpful, what I don't like to happen is just have this one long to-do list for each day of the week and to have to make the decision every time I look at it of, okay, what do I do next? Where do I go next? That's why even just dividing it up morning, afternoon, that alone has been so helpful to me. There have even been times where I divide it up even further to morning, afternoon, when Grant comes home after kids go down, like being that specific. And again, that might not be what you want to do, but for me, it helps because I want to know that I have certain things I could do in each chunk of the day. And I don't want to get overwhelmed by having to make these constant, constant, constant choices of what am I going to do next? What needs to get done now? What should come first? If you are planning out your day around your calendar and around your meetings and around outings, and you just are fiddling around with putting different tasks and you do that every week and you get into the habit of it, you will notice very quickly what is realistic and what is doable for you on a weekly basis. You know, there have been times where I, you know, maybe I had like a really big task that, you know, like I was cleaning out all the closets. And so I put like, you know, on one week's time, like, okay, like this day we're gonna tackle the girl's closet. Next day we're gonna tackle our closet. And I realized like, you know what? I need to just do it one week, at, like one closet per week because I, was, I, was, I wasn't properly estimating how much time this needed. And so that was really insightful for me. So the next time we do spring cleaning, I'm not gonna to try to fit it all into one week because in the past, I saw that that didn't work well for me. You know, it's really important to like pay attention to those things. If something's not working, if something's not fitting in your schedule, ask yourself why and learn from that. So uh, again, I like I love to use the notes app on my phone. I do not have a paper planner. I do have a paper calendar that's on the fridge, but it's only for like family events, like we're going out with you know my parents, or maybe the girls need to bring a snack to preschool that day, like just things that generally we all need to know. Um, but I don't like paper planners because again, like I want to always have access to what I'm doing. 
If paper planners work amazing for you, that's great. I know that they are fun to have. I know that they're pretty to look at, but if you're struggling to get things done, if you're struggling to, to complete your tasks or your list, one thing that might be worth asking yourself is, is it is it that having a planner is actually is actually preventing me from getting things done because I'm relying so heavily on a paper item or a book that I don't always have with me. And so I sometimes there will be times during the day where I don't know what I could be doing and I, and I don't have that accountability. Like ask yourself that, get curious with yourself. I love to just have one master to-do list. And again, I just divide it up by the day and only one week at a time. That's what works best for me. Another thing that really helps me is to break bigger tasks into smaller ones, but we're gonna talk about that um, in just a minute because I wanna answer Tracy's question. And I think that this is relevant to that one. Um, I just saw in the comments, um, Annabelle said, thank you so much for doing this. Woohoo, planning to watch the replays. Awesome, okay. Well, let's keep trucking along. I hope that that was helpful. That's just, again, that's just how I do things. Please feel free to use what you'd like, dump the rest, totally fine with me. All right, moving on. Tracy in the comments, um, you know, and submitted this question of, um, I feel like I can't get, get much done during the day with my kids around. So I try to shove everything into nap time and that just doesn't work. Yeah, that just doesn't work. So let me tell you what, what is happening here. This is, or at least what I believe this is happening here. I didn't have a follow-up conversation with you, Tracy, so please forgive me if I'm like way off, but this is what I believe is happening here and not just for you, but probably for a lot of other moms who are listening. What is happening is a common case of undervaluing your time, undervaluing time. And what I mean by this is you have not learned how to fully recognize and appreciate and acknowledge the value of five or 10 minutes. You do not fully appreciate or understand the value of five or 10 minutes. That's what's happening here. Because if you did, you would not be shoving everything to nap time, which I'm guessing is around an hour, two hours. You would not be shoving everything off to nap time, but instead you would see possibilities for getting tasks done and checked off all day long, everywhere, anytime. I mean, think about this. If I were to say to you, you have five minutes to yourself, what do you wanna do? Here's your to-do list, go, go go ahead, go, go here, what would you do? Most likely, what you would do, or maybe what you have been doing is, and this isn't just for you, again, this is for any mom who's listening, what you would most likely do is you would look at that to-do list and you would say to me, well, I need more than five minutes. I, I don't know what, to, I need more than five minutes. Can I have more? And this is because so often we look at our time through the lens of lack and scarcity and anxiety. Like this is the only time you will ever be given to work on your to-do list. These five minutes right here. So of course you're thinking this isn't enough. I need way more than this. I need more than five minutes. It's because you're living in this place of, I don't have enough time. So the idea of here's five minutes I'm now handing to you, it, it, to you it's like I'm throwing you a little, like a kid's floaty while you're swimming out in the ocean and you're already in the water drowning. Like to you, you're like, dude, I, I, don't, I don't need a floaty. I need, I need you to get me out of here. Like I need a tube, I need, I need a boat, come save me. 
for some of you ladies, that's what you feel like. You feel like every day you're just somehow drowning. And, and because of that, the thought of here's five minutes to you because you don't recognize or appreciate the full value of five minutes. You haven't, you haven't discovered how valuable that five minutes can be. To you, it's like I'm just throwing you, I'm just throwing you a, a little mini tiny floaty when what you're really looking for is a lifesaver. You're looking for something that's gonna fully rescue you. Okay, so that that's possibly where you're at. You're thinking like, dude, I need more than this. And it's because you have grown accustomed to undervaluing five minutes. Of course, it feels like I'm throwing you a floaty or like you're a homeless person and I'm just handing you a penny. It's because five minutes to you is chump change. Five minutes to you means nothing. It's nothing. You're, you've already decided I can't do anything with it. Even if you could, you don't want to do anything with it because you're telling yourself, well, I'd much rather just have this one uninterrupted hour. Like that's what I want. That's what, that's what I need. But here's what I'm saying to you. To you, that five minutes is puny and it, 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 it's, you know, it's nothing. To another mom, that five minutes is amazing. Right to another mom, that five minutes could could be more than enough for her to take one more step in the direction she wants to go. Whether that is, you know, in those five minutes, she's gonna empty the dishwasher and start to rinse some dishes. Um, you know, it's just enough time for her to empty the laundry basket and fold all the socks and underwear. Maybe five minutes is just enough time for her to respond to a few emails or sweep the stairs, or um, it's just enough time for her to write out a few thoughts for the Facebook post she's gonna sit down to write later. Five minutes will be experienced vastly different depending on how you choose to think about it. And if you allow yourself to, you can push yourself to really appreciate and value five minutes just as much as you do one hour. And I really do mean that. And if that is the case, then you being given five minutes, it wouldn't feel like somebody just handing you a floaty while you're drowning. That to you, it would feel like somebody saying, hey, Tracy, uh, stand up, stand up. You're, you're fine. It's three feet of water. You can stand. Like that's, that's what I want to offer all of you ladies today. I want to offer you the, the mindset shifts that remind you, hey, you're not drowning. You can stand. You're not drowning. You just think you are and you're going to be okay. So all of that being said, look back at your to-do list and all that you're trying to shove into the nap time, these one to two hours, and I want to challenge you to break as many of those tasks up as you can into five-minute chunks and see how much more likely you are to get them done all throughout the day versus waiting for that perfect, awesome, uninterrupted nap time that we can't even always count on anyway because our kids are nuts and they don't always listen. So this is something that I really do believe can be powerful for you if you let it. And really, an hour is just 12 five-minute chunks, right? Like, think about that. You have way more than 12 five-minute chunks all spread throughout your day. Really sit on that. Okay, I, ho I hope that that, that that was helpful to you. All right, going back to Joanne's question, I'm kind of jumping around as you can see. Um, another thing that Joanne mentioned is that um, she says, I struggle with focusing on the task at hand when I'm doing it. I constantly think about all of the other things that need to be done or that I want to do. So for this, I actually am pulling out the whiteboard again. I think this will be the only time I do that. But I did just want to walk through this sequence for all of you guys because I'm sure that this is a common problem for a lot of us moms. And it's just, 
not being able to fully focus or thinking about other tasks while you're trying to get one done. So I'm gonna put that in the action line. Oh no, my marker, okay, here we go. My marker started to run out, okay. So not focusing on task and also thinking about other tasks. These are two actions that are happening. And if you have never seen this board before, it's because you did not watch workshop part one. So please do that after you finish this one because this will make a lot more sense. Okay, so thinking about other things. Okay, so this is what's in her action line. This is what's in her A line. And I want you to really think, you know, this is for not just for Joanne, but for all of you guys. I want you to think like, if this is what you're doing, what are you likely feeling in that moment? The moment where you're not focused, you're thinking about other things. And I mean, those emotions could be as simple as unfocused, right? So you may be unfocused or in other words, distracted. And I also want to put down stressed because likely that's why you're having a hard time focusing because there's stress, there's overwhelm, there's worry, anxiety. Okay, and I want you to ask yourself if these are the feelings that I'm feeling that are leading me to not being able to focus, I'm thinking about other tasks, what are, what's the thought or what are, what are the stories I'm telling myself that is bringing me into this place? What, where am I at? What am I telling myself about time or about my to-do list? What's going on here? And I just wrote down, you know, I, I have an idea of what that thought might be. Yours might be slightly different. But I think one that comes up a lot for us as moms, and I know it comes up a lot for me, is the thought, there's so much to do. There's so much to do. There's just so much to do. There's too much to do. I have this thought a lot, you guys, and I have to do some, some serious thought work around that because it comes up, it comes up a lot and it's fine. It's a thought that I have spent many years practicing and believing and so part of me undoing that is practicing believing new thoughts and I wrote down a few thoughts I listed out a few thoughts that you might want to try on here to help you combat this thought of there's so much to do I'm just going to list them out please feel free to write them on your own piece of paper for you to use um, at your discretion but I'm just going to list out a few that I think would serve you so much better than telling yourself and continuing to tell yourself there's so much to do. Number one, this is the one thing I'm going to do right now. I want you to just think about how powerful that is. Like what if the next time you go into doing a task, what if you were to just consciously and deliberately remind yourself, this is the one thing I'm doing right now. Just making that choice. That's number one. Number two, I can give my undivided attention to this task. Sometimes we think that like our brains just have a mind of their own, which is, that's like a weird image to think about, but you also direct your brain. Like you use your brain to direct your brain. And, and, and like, I know that sounds odd, but that really is what you have the power to do with what you choose to think. You have the option to help your brain develop new neural pathways, to explore new possibilities. So what if you were to use your authority over your thoughts and your mind to tell yourself, to tell your brain, I am giving my undivided attention to this. Making the, putting your foot down and making that choice. I'm giving my attention to this now. Okay, other thoughts that might serve you. I am going to get many things done today. 
And that could just be as simple as that. You don't have to specify what those things are. You don't have to even claim, I'm going to get all the things done today because maybe that's not the most realistic. Maybe your to-do list actually legitimately is just way too long and you have to be honest about that as well. But what if you were to just believe, I'm going to get many things done today? Whether that's, I'm going to change many diapers today. Because <laughs> sometimes, isn't that what it's like? I'm going to change many diapers today. I'm going to... Um, spend you know many different pockets of time trying to get things done today i'm going to fold many socks today i'm going to respond to many emails today you know whatever it is that's on your list what if you were to just believe that you are going to get many of those things done and i want you to imagine like if that's the thought that you go into your day with i wonder how much more focused you would feel how much less stressed you would be and as a result how less frequently you would find yourself darting back and forth between different things and feeling this anxiety and like being distracted and unfocused and trying to do all the things all at once. Like how much more likely are you to actually succeed at getting many things done simply because you made that intentional choice to acknowledge that. I'm going to get many things done today. Okay, another thought is there is a lot to do, but I can take it one task at a time. There's a lot to do, but I can take it one task at a time. Some of you ladies need to be reminding yourself of this today. And then the last one is thinking about other tasks is not going to help me complete those tasks. It just keeps me focusing on the one in front of me. That's just a little nugget to just, just hold on to. Just chew on that. Grasp that. I want you to play around with these thoughts or even come up with some new ones for yourself and find what is believable to you right now that, again, will serve you so much better than there's so much to do. There's just so much to do. Because this is another thought, just like you know, I mentioned in the last and last uh, yesterday's video. This is another thought that you can carry with you for 15, 20, 25 years if you do not stop enforcing it and believing it. I really want you ladies to sit with that. What thought patterns could you easily spend the rest of your life enforcing and believing if you do not take the time now to combat them and to create new thought patterns for yourself? That is the power of self-coaching. That is the power of knowing how to manage your mind. Okay, so let's move on. This is where we're getting into some tough coaching. And the reason why is because the next, this next one is coming from Megan. And Megan was a client of mine from last year. So I feel comfortable using my, using my, my tough love coach voice. And Megan said, I underestimate the amount of time something will take. And I don't always account for stalls, such as traffic, or if my toddler needs a pull-up change, or if my oldest is dragging his feet in the morning. So this is the problem she presented to me. Okay, and she put this in the comments. And I looked at it, I shook my head, because in my mind, Megan, I'm speaking to you. I'm also speaking to a lot, you know, a few others of you, because I'm sure she's not the only one who's doing this. But I just, my first thought was, why are you asking this? You already know the answer. You already know the answer. The answer for how you stop underestimating the amount of time is you stop underestimating the amount of time, right? Why do you keep allowing yourself to underestimate how much time you need or your kids may need in the morning? Why are you allowing that? Why are you allowing that? 
I, I, I remember doing this for a couple of weeks when Josie was first born, like in the mornings when I, you know, Josie was born and my, my two other girls, they go to a morning preschool program. And when Grant went back to work and it was just us, I remember like it was really hard to get us all out of the house successfully on time because sometimes there would be a diaper blowout and I'd have to change that. Or sometimes Josie, I'd, I'd literally put her in the car seat, buckle her up and she'd spit up all over the seatbelt and her outfit like I know you guys have been here or or Jamie would be crying because she doesn't want to wear the shoes that I told her to wear or I forgot the bag so we're pulling out the driveway and I'm like crap I don't have their school bags and so I have to like park the car and run back in the house and grab their school bags and fill the sippy cup and grab the diapers and throw like yeah I, I got into that pattern I for a couple weeks there I kept underestimating underestimating how much harder it was to get us all out of the house but after a few weeks of this I had to choose to stop indulging in this habit because every time that we were late I knew what was going wrong but I was not taking full ownership of it to the point where I was planning how I was going to prevent this in the future sure it was Josie's fault for having a blowout you know it, that's on her I can't help that Sure, you know, it you know, maybe it would, you know, I can't help the fact that my toddler's having a mini 10 minute tantrum on the floor as we're trying to get out the door. Like, I can't help that either. But it was also still my responsibility. I still needed to take ownership for knowing that this was happening, observing this pattern of what, what's going on, and not packing us up in the car 10 minutes sooner not making the deliberate choice of enough. I'm not going to underestimate how much time we need anymore. I'm going to now overestimate. I'm going to show up to that school so early. I'm going to be the first car in the, in the drop-off line. Like I had to make a firm decision about whether or not I was committed to getting us out of the house sooner, literally moving everything up by 10, 15 minutes, or if I was going to keep feeding into this pattern, keep indulging in this habit of underestimating the time. And once I made that commitment, man, the mornings became so much easier because I was no longer allowing myself to keep underestimating. Underestimating how much time you need is not a mistake if you keep doing it and you know you're doing it. It's on purpose. You're doing it on purpose. And that's fine. Like, you can. It's your life. But if that's a problem to you and you want to fix it, then you're going to have to choose to make a different decision. You, otherwise, you're going to continue to choose to underestimate how much time you need. And as your coach, Megan, I'm calling you out right now. Stop it. Just stop it. Stop underestimating. Now that you know that you may need more time, you have to choose to either give yourself more of that time or accept that you are going to be late. You're just going to keep being late. Love you. I love you. This is, this is spoken out of love for you. But stop indulging in this. You already know the answer. And the same goes for Christy. Christy, I love you too. Christy, in one of her, um, in one of the comments, she said, I don't always do well with open-ended time, which I think I know what you mean by that. I don't always do well with open-ended time. I need more structure for not only the kiddos, but for myself. This is something that she brought to me um, in preparation for this workshop. And again, I looked at it and I'm like, you know the answer, girl. You just told me I don't do well with open-ended time. There you go, do not have open-ended time. If you know you need more structure, then after you finish watching this video, what you need to do, you need to pull out a piece of paper and map this out. What does that mean? 
What does that look like? What kind of routine or structure would work well for you and the kiddos? And do not let yourself go another day without answering those questions because your brain is too brilliant and full of solutions and ideas. Not to mention that Google is too brilliant and full of solutions and ideas. Like utilize that too. It's too, it, it's too smart for you to go another day indulging in confusion. Don't do it. Stop it. Say the same thing to you. Just stop it. I love you. Okay. Moving on to the next question. This is from, I believe her name is Elsa, Elsa Mari or Elsa Marie. She said, I'm struggling with juggling work and being a mom. Finding time for both is so difficult, not even thinking about self-care. So when I first read this question, I actually did ask her some follow-up questions in the comments, and here's some other information I gathered. Um, she's working 25 hours a week from home. <laughs> Christy just put in the comments, I feel so attacked, lol. <laughs> Love you. Okay, Elsa Marie is working 25 hours a week from home. Uh, no child care for her nine-month-old because of COVID. Hours are flexible. That's, that's really nice. I love hearing that. Hours are flexible. Um, she does typically work when her son is napping and her husband does help in the evening and on the weekend. So that's just kind of a snapshot of where she's at. But yet she's still thinking like, I, you know, I, I want to do a better job of juggling work and being a mom. She's struggling with finding the time for both. So here's what I first want to remind you of, not just you, but for anyone who's in the similar situation, you're working two jobs at the same time, right? Like you have your job job, and then being a mom at home with a nine month old is your second job or your first job, however you want to prioritize, I don't, it doesn't even matter, but it's another job. It's also so much more than a job, granted, but it is still a job. So you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. It's nice to think that there's a magic formula or a magic system that will enable you to work both jobs seamlessly, simultaneously, but there isn't. Not without you having some help, which I am happy to hear that you do have from your husband um, when he does help on the e in the evenings and on the weekends. But ideally, and I'm sure that this is what you're realizing, evenings and weekends should be your time and your opportunity to rest and to take care of yourself and to have fun and to spend time with your family. Um, you mentioned finding time for self-care being difficult and this is likely because you do not have distinct designated hours for those things. And I'm sure that, that, that that's what you're feeling the effects of. You don't have those distinct designated times. Now what I'm going to offer you as a solution, you are most likely going to hear it and you're going to experience a lot of resistance to it but I want you to hear me out anyway, because just because you feel resistant and anxious about the idea does not make it a bad idea. It just means it's a new one. It's a new idea. And my solution for you is going to be you outsourcing more of your childcare. Now it is every woman's personal decision how she wants to outsource childcare for her children. And I understand that there are extra things to consider because we're in a pandemic, but here's what I'm thinking. If you would allow yourself to be open to having someone who is vaccinated, you know, to alleviate some of that anxiety. If you are open to that, if having someone who is vaccinated coming into your home for even just five to 10 hours a week to love on your baby and to give you some extra uninterrupted time of working, you will be able to claim that time in the evening and on the weekends, you will be able to claim back that time for yourself. 
And I do believe you will see a huge difference in the way you feel about your work and how you feel about juggling mom life with work life and also how you feel mentally and physically because now you'll be, you'll, more of that time for self-care will be freed up again. But this is just, it's a choice that you would have to make for yourself. You don't have to, but again, this is a solution that, that, that I'm bringing to you that you maybe don't realize is a solution for you or you maybe are very resistant to. And I get it. I get it. And this goes for all of you moms who are, you are working from home while you also have little ones with you at home. If you feel like you are getting burnout and that you aren't getting a proper amount of time to rest and sleep and spend time with the family and connect with your husband, the easiest, most beneficial solution for you will be to stop trying to do two jobs at the same time, all the time. It's not healthy. It's not realistic. And even though it might work for a time, it's not going to work for long, long term. It's not, not without there being effects on your mental and physical health. So you have to be thinking about what is truly best for everybody. You know, a question that I like to offer my clients a lot is just the question of how would this be the best thing for me and my family? And you can answer it both ways. Like, please do. You could answer in terms of how is not bringing in childcare the best thing for me and my family and then see what you come up with and then ask, how is me having more childcare the best thing for me and my family? Just list out both. Look at both options. See what you come up with for both. And if you like your list, for why it is best to have childcare, and you're thinking, well, maybe this is the direction I'd like to go in, then your next step is just determine whether or not you are willing to push through the resistance or anxiety in order to provide yourself with this solution. You know, whether that anxiety that you have is around money or how self-conscious you feel about your house. I know this comes up a lot for moms. I, I've been working through this with some of my clients. Or maybe you're self-conscious, um, you know, about, because you're thinking, well, I should be able to do both. I should do both. And you're thinking it's wrong for you to ask for help or you have a lack of trust that you'll find a responsible, reliable caregiver. My guess is that whatever you are using as a reason to not do this would be cleared up or at least decreased, at least mitigated somewhat as you are listing out the benefits that you would experience, as you are seeing how would this be the best. Even if, even if the answer is just, I won't be exhausted anymore. I won't feel like I'm on this never-ending hamster wheel anymore. I, I will get more time back with my family, which I know is huge. Okay, so last question. This is coming from Angela. Um, Angela asked how to find the appropriate balance between your own business and your family and your self-care. So look, like, Alison Marie, you are not the only one who's trying to figure this out. And believe me, I, I know it's hard. Okay, so here's my answer for Angela and for you ladies who are also wondering the same thing. Finding the appropriate balance is something that only you can determine. Because again, it'll look different for everybody. Some women require less self-care than others. And, so, and sometimes you will require less depending on different seasons that you are in, different seasons of life. For example, a new mom or a mom who's maybe waking up multiple times a night to feed a baby, like she probably requires a lot more rest than a mom with older children who, who are, who's sleeping through the night, right? And the same goes for work hours and for, for quality family time hours. The number of hours you need to spend on your business will depend on your goals for your business. If you are fine with a slower growth and bringing in a smaller income, or you're thinking that, you know, this is just, this is temporary, this isn't even long-term, then I would say you don't need to put in as many hours. 
But if you're working toward building something that will last and something that will grow and be sustainable and bring in a good amount of income to provide for your family, you will need to put in more. Okay, I know a lot of you moms are in network marketing. And if so, real quick, I want to recommend that you run, not walk. I want you to run toward Kristen Boss's Social Selling Academy. And this is specifically for the moms who want to work their network marketing business long term and really work the business side of it and build up a team and, and see that cash flow come in very steadily. Kristen will teach you the ins and outs of this and, and how to do it without burnout. She's very anti-burnout, anti-hustle. Love it. And she'll teach you how to do it from a place of authenticity and service. I trust Kristen's coaching. I trust the, her social selling academy wholeheartedly because before she launched this academy for network marketers, she was a more general business coach and she was actually my business coach for all of 2020. I owe so much to her. I'm actually going to get to, I'm so excited, but I just found out last night I'm going to get to meet her in August. She's going to be a mentor in the mastermind that I, um, I, I'm, I'm now in. And in August, when it, it starts up, we're all going to be meeting together in Cabo in Mexico. And I'm going to get to meet her for the first time and give her a hug and thank her for how much she changed my life. So that's just a little side note. I'm just, I have a flurry of emotions about it. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, I would send so many of you ladies over. I would, send, I would send you guys her way in a heartbeat. I so would. One of my clients actually just enrolled in her program two weeks ago. But again, that's getting off on a tangent. The point is... Let me go back to what I was saying. Your appropriate balance is going to look different for you than for another mom. And only you can determine what that is. So if you're unsure and you don't know where to start, I recommend doing a time log for one, for one or two weeks. It will feel very meticulous. It will be annoying. You, you will not want to do it, but it'll likely be hugely insightful to you once you actually count out the hours of how much time you're spending on your business and i and i mean like be really specific like how many hours is going toward creating content how many hours are you on social media how many hours are actually connecting with your customers or your clients and so on i want you to look at those hours then you know list out how much time you're spending with family again be specific how many outings are you going on how much phone free time you know time without screens are you spending with them what activities are you doing is your partner around for some of these you know like get you know get really honest and specific about this and then also how much time you're spending on yourself whether that's relaxing resting exercising journaling reading running praying whatever how much time you're spending um, on yourself and also how much time you're spending just with your partner because that's important too ladies so keep a time log, look at your findings, and then make some notes. What stands out to you? What might need to change here? You may already feel, even before having you know, done this, that something needs to change, and that's great. That means you can now figure out how to take action on it. You can experiment with doing something different. And, and I love using the word experiment in regards to this kind of thing because that's what it really is. That's what it comes down to. Figuring out what will be the best routine or schedule for you and for your family is something that will always need to be adapted or tweaked or changed, especially in different seasons or maybe as the kids get older or um, if your job gets more demanding or if your husband's job is more demanding. You will never arrive, I put that in quotation marks, you will never arrive, so to speak, 
So allowing yourself to think of managing your time and balancing your time as a never-ending experiment that you can work with and change as you see fit over time, that is such a healthy perspective to have versus you putting this pressure on yourself to figure it out today and to stick with it forever and then feel like a failure if you're still having trouble with it and you're still trying to figure that out. So that's my encouragement to you guys that that's kind of a challenge for you if you're thinking, well, I don't know what is the appropriate balance. Keep a time log and pay attention to how you feel about it. What does stick out to you? Like what does work? What doesn't work? You know, like you you have you have instinct, you have gut feelings, you have some of you have, you know, you just you just have this intuition. Trust it. Listen to it. Listen to what your body's telling you. Okay? All right. So that that concludes our time management workshop part two and this was a lot of fun thank you guys for being so honest and candid and in, in submitting your questions submitting your comments um i had a lot of fun thinking through what my answers would be to them and in a way i feel like i got to personally coach some of you guys in a way that i haven't been able to but speaking of coaching i am currently enrolling clients in my mom empowered coaching program if you are not familiar with it here's who i work with I work with moms with anxiety. I work with moms who are working to manage their anger. I work with moms on time management. I work with moms who have big goals and big dreams, but are are struggling to know how to pursue it and in a way that aligns for them or works for them. I work with women on people pleasing. I work with moms who are struggling in their marriage. I work with moms who don't know how to set boundaries. I work with moms on finding finding those healthy rhythms and incorporating self-care and, 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 and being the kind of mom and woman they've always wanted to be. This is who I work with. And when you enroll with me and you enroll in my Mom Empowered Coaching Program, you get to work with me for six months every week, just you and I, an hour every week. That's your time for us to work on your growth I mean, I want you to just think like, when's the last time you had that? When's the last time you had that? For some of you, it's probably counseling. And counseling is different from coaching. And I, I would be more than happy to talk more about that difference if you do have interest in it. Um, but yeah, we'll work together for six months. We're going to get you to exactly where you want to go. And if you don't get there, if at the end of our six months, you're like, I actually don't feel like I'm more empowered. I'm still struggling in all the same areas. I don't think I know how to manage my mind at all like I'm just this is this is not I did not meet my goals I'll give you your money back in full it's risk-free because that's how sure I am that you will love the results that we create together not only that but when you enroll and you know we do those six months you also get lifetime access let me repeat that lifetime access to weekly group coaching again with me weekly group coaching beginning in fall or winter 2021 this is going to be a new program I'm launching. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited for it. And you will get lifetime access to it. If you enroll today, you get that. And you get six months of weekly one-on-one coaching, which, again, is such a powerful hour where we get to really work closely on your growth, your transformation. I teach you how to manage your mind, your emotions, your time, make empowered decisions, take empowered action, all the things that get you closer to where you want to go and being the kind of mom you want to be. Christy just said in the comments, she's amazing and she's worth it. You won't regret it. Thank you, girl. I love you. Love you. Okay, with all that being said, if you do have more questions about working with me, you can go to jessiearedia.com. You can also apply for a free empowerment call and we'll chat from anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. 
on where you're at, where you want to go, and how my program might be the right fit for you. All right, I love you all. I hope today's workshop was mind-blowing in some way and that it really has you thinking about what your next steps might be. All right, I will talk to you guys next week. 